Hello, 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 my friends. I, you know, I never know how to like, I never know how to do these intros. I'm always like trying to switch it up, but I feel like I say the same thing all the time. Anyway, hello. How are you? How you doing? Uh, welcome to Dear Matchmaker. I am your host with the most matchmaker and dating coach, Kat Cantrell. Welcome to the show, my friend. I know you could be anywhere else, especially if you're brand new. Welcome. Welcome to my little cozy home away from home. Dear Matchmaker is designed to help you, to have to give you the tools that you need to have a greater uh, understanding of truly what you're seeking for when it comes to a partner, to understand and to maybe possibly give you hope that yes, there are incredible people out there, incredible singles, because that's one of the questions I get all the time is like, where are they at? Uh, to give you the tools that you need to have an empowered dating life, because at the end of the day, it's up to us to create our own vetting process. It's up to you to create your own vetting process on when you're dating, understanding your needs and understanding really what you are deserving of from a partner. And sometimes we just need that permission. And we talk about that. Actually, I talk about that a lot with my guest today. So I, I'm just going to jump right into it. I, uh, my next guest, I've actually uh, been a part of her podcast, and I think that the work that she's doing is so important. So this episode is kind of geared towards my ladies that are 45 plus, but not really. If you're younger than 45, stick around. If you're a man, stick around because I know you're out there too. But part of Dear Matchmaker is not necessarily asking experts in, in, the, in the dating industry, but also experts in other industries because sometimes at the end of the day, we talk in the coaching world that we're all doing the same thing. We just, we just have different, uh, ways of pulling people in to help people understand their worth, to help people understand what they're deserving of. And Kirsty is no exception. She, I love what she's doing, uh, as far as, uh, helping people lose weight in a healthy way. And her and I talked a lot about mindset. We, uh, talked about permission and mindset and how the work that she does with her clients is very similar to the work that I do with my clients. And so let me give Kirsty's bio and then we're just going to, we're just going to jump right into it. So Kirsty is a weight loss coach who works with women 45 plus to build a sustainable lifestyle for lasting weight loss. Staunchly against the diet culture, Kirsty has developed a program that helps women design their optimal eating and activity plan, as well as guides them on managing their stress and improving their sleep. Truly a wellness program, Kirsty is passionate helping women live a thriving third act. And I feel we don't really, when we talk about weight loss a little bit on this episode, but really we talk about more about mindset. And that's why I wanted to bring her on because I feel like when it comes to losing weight, there's so many obstacles that are in the way of having you needing to get out of your own way to really like understand like what are the what are the things that are getting in your way to lose the weight to help you know so that you feel healthy, uh, so you're able to do the things that you've always wanted to do. And I feel like dating's the same way. Like, what are the things that you're doing? in your dating life that are preventing you from uh, finding that ultimate partner? Because there's a lot, I'm telling you, my friend, there is a lot of self-sabotage that singles do that uh, gets in the ways of, gets in the way and ways of finding true connection and ultimately leading to that long-term relationship that you so deserve. So without further ado, we're just going to jump right in. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Kirsty to Dear Matchmaker. The beautiful 
Kirsty Wilson is with me on Dear Matchmaker. Hello. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me, Kat. It's so good to see you again. Yes, it's so good to see you too. I uh I'm so we've been we have been patient. I have been patiently waiting to have you here on the podcast because I feel like the work that you do there is some crossover. There's a lot of similarities between what you do with your clients and what I teach with my clients. And I thought I would love for the people who listen to Dear Matchmaker to have them uh, know more about you and what you do, because I think that what you're doing is so, so important. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you, about the work that you do and who you do it for? Absolutely. I'd be delighted. So I work with women 45 plus superficially on weight loss, as in that's what women come to me for. Yes. What we actually do is a lot of lifestyle work, but also a lot of mindset work. Mm-hmm. And most women that come to me don't think that's what they're going to do. And they're generally quite shocked when they get into my program about exactly how deep we go on the mindset work but that's come about because as I work with more and more women it really comes down to permission to make yourself a priority Mm -hmm. it's all about making time for yourself at this age there's a lot going on when you're 45 plus health perimenopause, menopause, all of those wonderful changes that we get to go through. Most women experience some weight gain, and that's usually what they consider the problem to be. Right. Right. But the solution is not just as simple as diet and exercise, as much as the diet industry wants us to think that. It's so much bigger and so much broader. So it's really permission to make yourself the top priority. Yeah. Which I think that uh, in the work that I do, it's people are afraid to say that, to make themselves a priority to where uh, that we are deserving of the partner that we've always, you know, these are the things that we want in a partner. And that, uh, you know, one of the things that I have, especially with women in that age bracket, 45 and plus, when they come into my office, they're like, I have them sit down and I'm like, okay, tell me exactly what your needs are. What is it that you're seeking in a partner? And so they'll list those needs and go, is that too much? And I'm always like, no, (laughs) it's not too much. And in fact, a lot of these needs are kind of the bare minimum needs. Like there's nothing about this list that's extraordinary or like that is extraordinary in a way to where it's you you're unable to attain that in a partnership. And I, I think that part of that is our programming, especially because I'm a 45 plus, Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of how we were raised as women, uh, by our parents. Of course they were, you know, of course teaching us in, in, in their, you know, in their best interest, but I feel like a lot of that is reprogramming from, you know, that we're not being too needy because these are the things that we want. And I think with the work that you're doing with the women is understanding too, that it's not, 
that it's okay to give ourselves permission to put ourselves first and whatever that looks like. And that, you know, it is masked by, okay, this is the issue or this, the issues are, you know, if I just solve this one little thing, then it, it all goes away. Um, just like when women come to you, I'm sure that they're like, oh, if I just lose 10 pounds, then the skies are going to open and all my answers are going, you know, all my problems are going to be solved. Do you find I'll that that's, happy. Yes, yeah, I'll, I'll be, be happy. happy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let me ask you a question if I can, when you get that lady comes in your office and sits down yeah. and says, is this list too much? Yeah. Do you find that the more you work with her five, six, seven weeks later, that list is growing as she's gaining more confidence in her oh, abilities absolutely. to attract a, a mate. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Same thing. Same thing. When a, when a woman comes into my program, the very first thing we do is figure out the why that makes you cry. Right. Mm. I ask them to start journaling or whatever works for them. Why do you want to lose weight? Because it's never about just the losing weight. It's mm -hmm. never about the vanity metrics. Like I want to get in that dress. It very often starts there. Right. But I ask them to start really thinking about it deeply connecting to what it is behind the desire to lose weight and to do it multiple times. I always say to them, be that toddler in the checkout line that wants the candy bar, do that to yourself. But why? But why? Right. Right. And then they come back with these Im deeply emotional reasons. You know, very often it's family. I want to be there for my family. I want to be there for my grandchildren. I want to see my daughter walk down the aisle. Mm. I want to get off these medications so that I can do those things. Right. My husband and I have these grand dreams to travel the world financially. We've got it, but I don't think my health's going to let me right now. Right. And you know, very often there are tears as they connect yeah. to those right. reasons. And then it's like, okay, so what's holding you back? What have you tried before and why has that not worked? And it inevitably comes down to, I don't make myself my priority. Mm -hmm. I don't make time for me mm -hmm. because I've been taught not to. Yeah. And I feel that we since we don't make our, since it is difficult for women of this age to make themselves a priority. And you mentioned it when you were describing about yourself, about giving women permission. I think it's, you know, I've heard from, I've heard it from other experts and I'm using that in quotes that we don't need permission. Well, actually it, I think it depends. I think that there is a demographic of women who do need permission to put themselves first. And I think they get to a point, do you find that? I mean, I used to find this in my previous work before I started really niching down and working with, uh, helping women and men with dating, but do you find, I mean, do you find that even with, when you give them that permission, that it's even hard to give them that power. Like when you give someone permission in order to, to take these necessary steps to better themselves, to increase, to increase their longevity, to give them the tools that they need to move their body or to eat better, that that can be a very 
powerful thing to take back, to be like, oh my gosh, I mean, I have the permission to do these things that, that all these things aren't really necessarily outside of myself, but it's within myself. And I think that that can be really scary. It can be very scary. And I know that I think I scare a lot of women the first three weeks because it it is a lot of self, like self-inspection and retrospection and really deep diving. Yeah. Um, and I very often get a lot of pushback. And, mm. you know, there's, there's the occasional lady who goes, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. And they'll they'll take a break. Now, I'm not going to say they leave the program because they always come back. Right. But it, I think I view it a little bit differently. Is I, I don't give them permission. I give them the tools and the process to walk themselves through giving themselves permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that, that all comes down to beliefs. Right. And so often the beliefs we hold, the identity we hold, the perceptions of ourselves and others that we hold is just programming. Right. It's just about what we've been around, who we've been around, where we've lived, socioeconomic, all those kinds of things, who we spend the most time with. We've all heard that the people you spend, you know, the five people you spend time with it, but it is so true. The media you watch, just those daily things that you are exposed to, the type of advertising, right? Right. And all that media that is out there that we absorb without knowing it. And our unconscious brain is so in charge, right? 20% of our thoughts are conscious, 80% of them are subconscious, but they are the drivers of our behavior. So a lot of the work I do with ladies, yes, we do nutrition. Yes, we do activity. Mm -hmm. We talk about sleep. We talk about stress, Mm -hmm. but so much more of it is about tuning into those beliefs that we have and then asking the question, are these even true? Mm -hmm. Is this identity that I hold actually the one I want? Mm. let's change it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny. I had a client in my office. It kind of reminds me of like the work that you do. So I, I take, so all my matchmaking clients, uh, they have to be coached for the first three months, no exceptions. And because of it's like, they come to me for me to find them that partner. It's like your clients come to you to help them lose weight. And you're like, wait, 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 there's some other things that we need to touch on first. And my client was sitting, we were currently finishing her second month and she's like, yeah, my girlfriends are always looking at me going, when are you going to start dating? Cause I don't, we don't touch the dating part. We talk about the other, like, what are your needs? Like you have to have more needs than just, he has a, I just want to make sure that he has a job and doesn't work it and doesn't live at home. Like there's, (laughs) I mean, yeah, valid, right. (laughs) That's valid. That's right. But there are definitely more needs that need to be there. But I think that's funny. That's kind of, it's the same work that you do too, where it's like, let's, let's, I call it the unveiling, unveiling Mm -hmm. process, re-unveil. Like, let's talk about these other things first, because I can, and just like you, you can set up the systems where you're like, here's the nutrition, here's the exercise, just do these two things and you can lose the weight, which would work. But you, I mean, studies show that people will gain, if you don't change that mindset, I'm preaching to the choir, then we know that that doesn't stick. And the same thing with dating, like I can find you your person, but if we haven't like figured out the other stuff first, then 
ultimately it's probably setting you setting you up for failure, or you might not even say yes to that potential person because we haven't done the work. Um, so I love the fact that you, that you and I are very much in sync with what we do with what we do with our clients. I like to think of it as set point. I don't know if you've heard of this concept. It's no. Mark, Mark Haverson, Mark Hoverson concept for many years ago. He was one of the first internet marketing gurus. Um, and that's kind of his concept. And he always used to talk about mostly in terms of income because of what he did, but he used to apply it to everything. It's like, you have a set point for everything in your life. Mm-hmm. So if you earn $75,000 a year, that's your set point, as in it's your belief in you. Mm-hmm. And when you start making money, you will do everything in your power to get rid of it, to get back to 75. Oh, yes. I've heard right? this, but in a different way. Yep, absolutely. Right? But it applies to everything in life. So for what you do, it applies to partners. If you've always gone for a guy and you, you know, had a type yep. who doesn't treat you the way you deserve to be treated, if you don't acknowledge that set point and work on your belief around it you're gonna go for that same guy again that's right same with weight loss Mm -hmm. most of the women that come to me 45 50 55 have probably done some diet seven eight nine times yeah they've probably lost weight five or six times got to their goal weight there's a set point thing there that it doesn't matter what they do or how much they try, they will Mm self-sabotage to get back to that set point. So again, we're back to our identity and our beliefs about ourselves. You're never going to fix the problem. And I'm doing, you know, because it's not a problem, but you're never going to get where you want to go until you change your beliefs about your ability to do it and stick with it. Yeah. There's a book that's called the big leap, which talks about it's a very similar concept and he calls it your upper limit mm-hmm. when you you'll, this is why people who win the lottery, this is why they end up going through bankruptcy because right. they haven't done the mindset that's around it. And like recognizing when you hit that point and yeah. when you go above that, when you hit that upper limit and you go beyond that, you do, because it is so uncomfortable and this could in this. And the reason why I talk about it a lot with my clients is because you can attract a secure partner but it's so unfamiliar and that secure partner is probably treating you in ways that you've never been treated before and that they're there and they're available that you're like, wait a minute, this is, I'm so uncomfortable. This is something I'm so unfamiliar with that you will sabotage that potential and come up with reasons or excuses on why it doesn't work. And you'll end, you'll end it and be in that same cycle over and over again with those same what you're used to the whole cat and mouse or whatever that looks like to you, the bad boy or the emotionally unavailable. Um, you'll consistently just have that in your life because that's what you're comfortable with. Definitely. Definitely. And as you go through life and you do the work and mm-hmm. you evolve, you raise your set point, mm-hmm. then you got to break it again. Yeah. So that, I mean, you could say you want to lose 50 pounds and you get there, but then there's a new set point because now there's a new life you're living and there's a new identity. Right. There's probably new people in your life. Right. Because to get there, things have changed. You're doing different things. Example, you might be going to the gym. You're meeting new friends at the gym. 
or you might be shopping at a different grocery store and you know connecting with some people there who knows what it is right but there's things changing in your life you end up with a new set point and then mm-hmm. you've got to go through all that discomfort again and you're going to keep doing it so this uh, this concept of um, um, we do it in everything in life right we do it with bank accounts we do it with jobs we do it with partners do it with houses when i get x i'll be happy yes and i think uh, a lot of what I'd like to work with women on is like breaking that whole destination thing. And let's, let's focus on the journey, right? Let's learn to take pleasure in the process. Right. Yes. Rather than this constant fixation on getting to this perfect happiness goal, because I would argue it doesn't really exist. You create it and it's not a hundred percent of the time. Right. So, you know, journey, pleasure in the process is a big part of the the work too. It is. It's like when people come to me and they think that the only thing that that's going to really make them happy is, is to be in a relationship right. or any, like they're willing to settle for any relationship, right. In, in order to, uh, just to, to be able to, they think that that's the, the touch point for true happiness is by being in a relationship. It doesn't matter with who it is. And just like I, I always say with my clients that are more of this type of, when they have this, this type of mentality, it's that you, you, you say, enjoy the journey. I always say, romance yourself, like give your, you know, let's, what can we do in your life to create romance? Because if we're not in love, we don't have to love ourselves a hundred percent. We don't have to love our lives a hundred percent, but just love it enough so that we're creating this, we're creating these experiences for us and us alone. And we're, we're teaching ourselves how we deserve to be treated by ourselves. That when we have, when we attract that potential partner, that we've already established the system within us and being like, okay, this is this is, this is how I want to be treated. This is what I believe that I deserve. And it sounds like for you, it's, it's somewhat of the same thing of enjoying the journey of like taking, like learning and relearning, especially the relationship with exercise and food and, and, and understanding nutrition that enjoying, instead of being like, Oh, I got to get to this point so quickly and wanting that instant gratification. It's you have to go through this journey to get the tools you need in order to have the success that you desire. Definitely. Cause yeah. it's all about, it's about behavior change and habit change when it comes to weight loss. Right. Right. And it's about working yourself into whatever lifestyle works for you. And, and I always have to break so many beliefs about that as well, because so many women have done so many diets and mm-hmm. have had, the diet industry talking so much. It's like, no, it's got to work for you. What does your life look like? And what works in your daily plan that you can do for the rest of your life? I mean, I always say, if you see a diet and you can't do it the rest of your life, it's not going to work. Just throw it away right now, right? Right. Right. So it's the same kind of concept, right? But sometimes that might mean it has to take longer. Mm-hmm. Because your life and what you have going on means you can only build those habits at a slower pace than maybe the person next to you. But that's okay. If you get there in the long run, again, we're back to the destination thing rather mm-hmm. than the, the journey rather than the destination, right? 
Right. But yes, it's very much about, I mean, as you say, if your clients don't love themselves first, they're not going to be successful in a relationship. Should be an add-on. It should be an added benefit to have someone in your life, not the thing that fills your cup. You've got to learn to fill your own cup. So yes. some of the ladies I work with, right, they've got to learn to be sustainable on their own. And that's, as I say, the tool, the tools, the tactics, the strategies I teach. I said this to you in the beginning. You can go find them all online, free on Google. You don't right. need a coach for that. Right. What you do need is a change in your belief and some accountability to get you there while you work through the mindset work. Yeah. And that's part of, uh, I feel that that's one of the key components to being a coach in general. It's just the accountability piece. Like, I feel that that's really important with the work that I do that, you know, the first month you come to me, it's like, we, we unveil and say, okay, these are the things that are holding you back. These, okay, let's get really clear. And then for clients to be like, okay, I'm good. I'm like, oh no, no, we haven't even begun the accountability piece of like, it's really easy to say, okay, yep. I know exactly what I want. These are the things that I want. Yep. And then throwing you out into the wild, I say going out into the wild, but not having like, are you implementing these things into your life and into your dating life? Are you listening? Are you, what are you doing on dates? Let's talk about that. Like, those are the important, those are the accountability and the learning pieces sitting down and having the conversation. Yes, that's difficult, really difficult to have with yourself, but then the next growing piece is implementing it into your life. And right. that's what coaches are great for. And helping you when you fail. Yes, that too. I mean, I ask my ladies to fail. I mean, we do all kinds of basic tactical stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about meal planning. Let's talk about meal prepping. Right. And inevitably when they first start, they mess it up. Yeah. That's okay. What did you learn from that? I want you to mess it up. Right. I want you to mess up trying to fit in your exercise because you're learning about you. Yes. You're learning about your beliefs, your habits, your preferences, you're learning a little bit about your body as I ask them to eat foods that they've never, maybe never eaten before. Mm -hmm. They might not agree. They might not like them. That's okay. You're just yeah. checking things off the list. <laughs> that's right. Well, and I think, uh, yeah. And that's how, it, I mean, I think that that's sometimes how it is with dating too, when it comes to online dating and especially the swiping and the apps and such and, and teaching women or men, men too. I mean, I, uh, under having them having a deeper understanding of who you should be swiping right on and who you should be swiping left, who you should be saying yes to, and not like falling into old patterns and old habits and certain types that maybe instead of, you know, looking for reasons to say no, let's start looking for reasons to say yes. And I think, um, that's what you're doing for, with food too. It's that instead of like pushing all these foods away, being like, no, let's look, let's, let's right. explore, let's try something new. Let's put something different into your diet. Um, do you feel that, what do you, when you talk about failure with your clients, what do you find is the biggest struggle that you find with your, with your clients when it, especially when they start implementing these systems and, and teachings and understandings into the, into their daily lives, what do you find is the biggest, because I feel like, I feel like women that are 45 plus are really hard on themselves. Like there is. Yeah, there is this, I know when I used to own my dance studio with, 
with older women, if they could not learn the dance, like immediately and, and, and do it like a superstar, then they would quit immediately. And I would have to like, talk them into like, no, 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 this is a process just because you don't get it right immediately. doesn't mean that it's not there and you don't have the capability of being a great dancer. So what do you, what do you find with what, what you do with your clients? Like how, what is their biggest failure? And then what, how do you help them through that? It's not really a failure. The yeah. biggest, the biggest obstacle, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. is always, 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 whatever the, the challenges that we're facing, it always comes down to the permission mm. to make themselves always. So, I mean, it's a 16 week program and we go through a certain flow, right? Mm-hmm. And the first thing, the first pushback I always get is I don't have time. Oh, yes. There's a lot you're asking me to do in this program. I don't have time. You want me to do all this kind of food stuff and cook at home. And I don't have time. Okay, let's track your time for a week. And they do. And then it's always like, so where, where are the obstacles here? And it always comes down to not a time thing at all. Usually comes down to something like, well, I'm just frightened that if I eat this way, I'm going to have to cook two separate things for the family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why? Well, they won't eat this. Will they not? Have you asked? Oh, no, I can't do that. Mm. Why? And is that toddler in the checkout line again? Why? Right. Why? And inevitably, most of them will ask hubby or grown up children at this age look, I want to go on this journey. That's, that's the permission part, right? right? Opening up and sharing their dream is asking permission. Mm. So usually everyone around them is very supportive and will work around what they need to do and find help. And it's amazing. It always surprises the ladies how many family members will be like, well, can I help you in the kitchen? Can I help you with what you're doing? Because they've never thought that it's okay to ask. Now that that's a very broad general statement, just an example. I mean, right. some women have husbands that do all the cooking right? and you know, those kinds of things, but it, it always comes down to a permission thing. Always. You know, when, when we start doing meal planning, and those kinds of things. There's always a there's always a pushback on that. Like, why? And it's about giving themselves permission to try something new. Mm-hmm. What it always comes down to. Then yeah. later on in the program, when we get to the stress management and the sleep portions, which sounds weird for a weight loss program, I know, but at this age, when you've got declining estrogen, it's so so important to manage your stress and make sure you get quality restorative sleep yeah now we're really into the self-care stuff right and this is when we get this is when i get a lot more pushback oh what do you what do you mean what happens well i ask them we do stress tests i mean we do some stress assessments okay inevitably they're surprised at how stressed they are Mm. not surprised to me at all but they they're always stressed. I, I have them do three different assessments online. 
they're always surprised by that and then it's like okay now we need to manage your stress we've got to manage that cortisol it's impacting your your weight right and then i asked them to try some stress management practices for 10 minutes a day and then we'll we always go back to the time thing and I go, no, no, no. Remember we did that in week four. We already crossed that bridge. It's not a time thing at all. And I usually get the whole, ah, you're sneaky. Go, yes, I am Been doing this a while. <laughs> um, and then when we start getting to sleep and it's like, again, they come down to a time thing. I'm like, you need to go to bed earlier. I don't have time. I've got so much to do. Mm-hmm. You need to ask for some help. You know, can we outsource something? Can mm-hmm. we order the groceries online and go pick them up rather than going to the grocery? You know, and then it starts to get a little bit tactical, but it's it's always the permission thing, always. Yeah. I think that and it's the permission thing. And I also think that it's it's taking the power back to and just understanding that there are that there are it's okay for you to be happy, to be. Cause I think a lot of, we're so convinced that I'm not happy because I'm not in a relationship. I'm not happy because I'm overweight. I'm not happy because I have a really crappy job. I'm not happy because I'm in this relationship. I'm not happy when the whole like grass is greener concept of thinking that the happiness is over there and it's not here. I think if you start that journey of understanding that you can do these simple things in your life to create more clarity and happiness, that it starts, it, it really does switch that mindset of, of then really looking at when you start this journey. And I think I used to see this a lot in my dance studio too, where I think women were afraid to start that self-care, self-love journey of, of paying attention to themselves because they are going to look at their relationships. And I think we talked about this when I was on your show, that they're going to look at their relationships differently, that they're going to look at their jobs differently, that they're going to look at, you know, what's going on in their lives differently, that they're going to realize that maybe they are really unhappy and that they haven't been paying attention to themselves or, and maybe you find this with your group too. And I I used to see this in the studio too, where it's, or she would sometimes lose weight and the people in her life didn't want her to. Yeah. See that a lot. Yeah. See that a lot. And many women, especially at this age, experience long time friends will be mean and judgmental and say fairly harsh things. You know, you got to do that whole, but that's not. You, you can't take that on. It's not about you. That's about them and their perception and their beliefs. Um, but it's not always something that you can have that conversation with. But it's, it's like we said about a set point, right? When you change yeah. your life, other things change too. I think the other thing, to go back to the happiness thing, the other thing is it's so oversold these days. Oh, well. yes. You know, I mean, you watch the movies, you watch TV shows, and there's these perfect houses perfect jobs you know the woman in movies and shows gets up in the morning and hair makeup nails clothes shoes everything is perfect 24 mm-hmm. 7 mm-hmm. perfect relationship with the man of every woman's dream it's like hello please it's hollywood right and it, i i often say to my ladies what makes you happy i love when have you ever i'm sure you have listened to Brene brown's podcasts when she mm-hmm. interviews and i'm probably going to butcher the way she phrases it but she always asks the question a moment in your life that gives you pure joy of her interviewees 
And it's always something like sitting on the couch with my husband and the kids and the dog with popcorn watching a movie. It's never something massive. Right. It's never, I've got the big house, all the clothes and the car and the bank account. Never. It's a walk in nature. Mm -hmm. Seeing a band at the beach. Really simple things. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think we get pressured into this huge, magnificent vision of what happiness is. Sometimes you just got to check out of that and go, you know what, what actually, what is happiness and joy and contentment to me? Right. And let me aim for that, not what everyone else thinks it should be, what society thinks it should be. Yes. You know, I mean, you and I are both in business. We're entrepreneurs. We probably both have crazy goals for what we want our business to do. Right. But I don't want that for me. I want it to have impact. And I want to be able to take a couple of weeks off twice a year and go and volunteer. Right. I have right. very high revenue goals for my business. But so that I can do other things. I live right. in a little two bedroom, two bath condo in Tampa Bay, Florida. I'm not not buying anything bigger. I love yeah. my little condo. Brings me peace and serenity. But yeah, I'm still driven. I still have a lot I want to achieve. Right. But not for, not for me. But I had that career. You know, I, I did that stuff. Mm -hmm. I went to college. I got married when I was supposed to. I got the car. You know, I chased the six-figure income in a corporate world. And I was miserable. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. I hated every minute of it. Yeah. And so I think, you know, there's... Permission, absolutely, but also being real about what it is you want. I think midlife is a great time to do it. It is. And I think it's a powerful time to do it too, because most most of the time, by the time you're this age, you've 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 experienced quite a lot in your life. And I think we just give get to a point where we we can be bolder. We can have we can be more courageous. We can be willing to maybe take some risks because we just kind of don't care anymore. Right. <laughs> right. Versus like our younger, you know, ladies that are, you know, in their twenties, it's a little bit different where everything is wrapped up into, you know, everything else. But I think you bring up just such an incredible, beautiful point where it's, it's like love is the same way where Hollywood has destroyed it. It's made us think that it's this certain way. Um, and it's not, um, actually love can be really boring sometimes right. where we just sit on the couch and have popcorn. It's not exciting. It's not candlelit dinners. He's not flying you across the world and having, you know, lunch in the Eiffel tower, even though that's great, that's great. Right. But at the end of the day, those are not the things that we remember. And it's, nor are you going to remember the fact that he has a six pack and he's six feet. And he has like this whole like list of things of, of what you're looking for in a partner at the end of the day, is he kind? Is he empathetic? Is he understanding? Is he compassionate? Is he supporting of your dreams? Is he your cheerleader? Like that's the stuff that we think about when it comes to love, not, oh, he drives a fancy car and he's over six feet and has blue eyes. Like that doesn't right. matter. Doesn't and matter. And you know what? All of that can change. You can't change. Yeah. 
you know, you I mean, the, the, the six foot's probably not going to change in the eyes, but you know what? The six pack might. Oh yeah. And the money and he, could change. It could lose all that. And yeah. you know, one bad investment, whatever it might be. But as you say, the character traits, yes, the kindness, the supportiveness, that won't change. Right. I always, yeah. um, when I did my mindset certifications, I learned a journaling process that I love and I still implement every day. And a lot of it is very, very routine. And my coach always used to say to me and all of your clients, everybody has this vision, like same with meditation, right? It's supposed to be this ethereal, this amazing experience every time. But you know what? Most of the time, like 80% of the time doing your journal is like, oh, okay, yeah, I did it. I checked the box today. It was valuable, but I did it. 10% right. of the time, it's going to really suck and you won't want to do it. And it's just like, oh, save me. And 10% of the time, it's going to be that amazing experience that just brightens your day for the next 24 hours, right? But life's like that, right? Right. Like happiness, this big thing we're all supposed to aim for. I'm always like, how about a day that I get through that wasn't full of stress and I connected with some amazing people. I saw some wins in my clients. I had wins in my own life and it was a fairly average day. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And go to bed at night and go, I had some wins today. I didn't break anything. Yeah. And I think we have these unrealistic expectations too. And I'm sure that that goes with diet. It goes with just life in general that we, if we don't achieve these unrealistic expectations, then we don't, then we consider ourselves, uh, not succeeding or failing or, uh, or, you know, like, especially when it comes to looking for a partner, one of the conversations I have a lot is when women are particularly picky and they're extremely picky. And sometimes I'll call them out where I'm like, that's being a little ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. it's like being, having these unrealistic expectations on, on this. And so since a person doesn't meet this cri criteria, then they much, they would just not want anything at all. And I think we're robbing ourselves when we have that mindset that we're robbing ourselves of so much joy in those little moments and really like preventing ourselves as a form of self-sabotage. Ultimately yes. it's preventing us from like true happiness. Cause again, I think that sometimes we're afraid of having it because it's, it's much easier, I think, to be in a more kind of victim mentality and like think that everything is, you know, beyond your control and these, all these things happen to me and woe is me, woe is me. I can't, you know, whatever the situation might be, it's much easier to have that mindset than is to be like, oh my gosh, I can make these quick, I can make these changes in my life and I can create more happiness. And that means that I, that my identity is no longer as this, that my identity is maybe something new and different and beautiful and, uh, something that I look forward to having. Right. Yeah. And I'm willing to work for, yeah, no matter how yeah. uncomfortable it is and yeah. it will be, will be very uncomfortable at times, but yeah, I would take discomfort over settling any day. Yeah. Well, yeah, we settle a lot because, because of the comfort, because it's, yeah. it's, it's so familiar. That's why people go back to their exes. Please don't do right. that. <laughs> I'm not going to, I promise you. I'm speaking to my audience. Like I, you know, 
that just, yeah, drives me crazy. And it's people are like, well, why do I do that? Well, it's because it's familiar, right? It's much easier to go back. And probably that's the same way with food too, where it's like, it's much easier to go back to who you were then versus like implementing these new systems and things to be more, it's like a, it's like, it is a state of vulnerability. It is. And the thing, the challenging thing with the diet culture is the quick fix mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, next time you're in the grocery aisle, look at the magazines and it's all six pack abs in three weeks, please come on. It took you 20 years to put that 20 pounds on. You don't get to lose it in three weeks. Right. You know, simplicity, find a simple plan that works for you. Have a coach help you, of course, mm -hmm. and do it consistently. Something you can do every day for the rest of your life consistently and you'll get there. Yeah. But first of all, check out of this quick fix thing. Yeah. And same thing with dating, online dating. They think yes. that's a quick fix and it's not. It's, it's, no. it's, it's not, uh, it's a great tool, but it's not, it's not meant to be a quick fix. I mean, that's why they designed it, but it's not, that's not what happens. So that's how I feel about online dating. How can a relationship be ever a quick fix? You know? Yeah. Well, and like the relationship that you have and with your point, with what you do, your relationship that you have with your body and, and with food, that's been a lifelong programming, especially yes. with diet culture, especially with, uh, all of those, um, stories that your clients have been told about their bodies that they've been carrying around for so long. Yeah. It's can't be a quick yeah. fix. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like, I always tell ladies, you, we need to defrag you. Remember in the olden days where you used to defrag your computer? Yes. Defrag you right now and un un uninstall some of that crappy software because we don't need it anymore. Yeah. So what do you, what is your advice for that? Like how with this, cause this can like, you can like use this with anything when it comes to what you're struggling. If you're struggling with something like, what are your, what are your suggestions? Like, what is the top way that you, that someone can, or like a, a couple of tips of how someone can defrag themselves? I call it the four A's and I learned this from my coach and it's really about tuning in to those subconscious thoughts that are driving your conscious thoughts and your behaviors, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's accepting that what you think isn't necessarily true. So the first one is acceptance. Mm -hmm. Second one is being aware, just actually sitting with it for a minute and being aware of those thoughts. We're so used to not allowing them to come. Mm -hmm. Same with emotions, right? We don't allow them anymore because that's vulnerable and shameful to have emotions. So accept that the thoughts, first of all, be comfortable accepting that the thoughts you have may not be true. Mm -hmm. Then be aware of them, right? Then be accountable for them. Where did they come from? Are you allowing them to continue when they are not serving you? And then adapt them. Mm. Once yes. you know about them, you can change them. Right. The biggest hurdle is allowing yourself to know them. Yeah. And I think too, like, uh, gosh, that's, um, I love that the four A's because it's, 
it is like one of the things that the questions that I ask my clients is when they say like, yeah, I'm just, I've been told that I'm just too much, or I'm told that I'm too loud, or I'm told that I'm like, when they talk about characteristics of themselves, the very first question I always say is who told you that? Right. Cause you didn't tell you that most likely, most likely someone else told you that. Right. So who was, was it? it? Valid source. Yeah. Exactly. Are, are they worth listening to? Right. Exactly. Right. right. Oh my gosh. They well, have your best interest at heart when they told you that, or is it coming from their belief? Well, in that, and it's like to circle back kind of what we're talking about earlier, like people will purposely tell you things to knock you down, right? When they see that you're succeeding or flying or change, you know, getting into that successful relationship. Like that's one of the things that I, and I'm sure that you coach your clients on too, is that, you know, people might try to sabotage it because you're in a healthy relationship or you're being, you're doing something for yourself to get there, that there's going to be, I know in my world, it's like, you're going to have those single girlfriends that are going to get jealous, that are going to get mad. And in your case, it's like family members or friends that are like seeing the changes in them and, and, you know, not wanting to support or like trying to, you know, say words that are going to, that are going to, to sting or try to, you know, try to say things that are going to hurt them. You're forcing a change on them that they're not ready for. Mm-hmm. It's mm. very often what's happening. Yeah. Right. So you, your single girlfriends is a great example. If you've got a group of girls who've been single together for a long time, you've kind of got your routines. You've got the things you do. Right. 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 Then one of you, say it's five of you, one of you decides to go date you are changing a whole dynamic that they haven't asked you to change right they're not ready for it they don't want it right so and i see the same thing with ladies who you know they're working to working towards that weight loss goal and it's beginning to happen and then family and friends will try and sabotage them yeah you know they'll take them to their favorite restaurants they'll go but you always have dessert you know now i don't preach any of the restriction approach yeah. to this at all yeah. you know most of the time if you want dessert have flipping dessert right but then you'll get family members who will actively try and sabotage you because you're changing their status quo or you're achieving something that they've not managed to and you're forcing it on them and it's really again it all comes down to beliefs it's about their beliefs not you right, right? And that can be really difficult when you're already going through the change yourself and then having to deal with everyone else and, and what they're experiencing as far as the change. And that's a great way of putting it, that you're forcing a change onto them that they weren't expecting. I've never heard of that. That's great. I love that. Right. Yeah. Can that's cause people are like, why, why, why? And I I've had clients in my office where we, after talking and, and really narrowing down of what's going on that some of them are afraid of being in that healthy relationship because of this group of, of single friends, because they don't want to be the one they don't like they're sabot- they're purposely sabotaging themselves to not be in a healthy relationship because of the fear of the change. And I think sometimes with those situations, there's a little bit of grief goes on. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Because you're changing things and you're losing somewhat of a connection that you had when you're changing your own status quo. Right. So there's a bit of an odd sort of grief situation going on there. 
it's all about growth and change, right? And again, right. Never comfortable. No. No, no, no. This is why we always start with the why that makes you cry. Yes. The why that makes you cry. Yeah. Well, I have just loved having you here. I feel like we could keep talking for hours because we obviously have the same philosophy. We we're doing different work, but at the end of the day, I feel like we're all, you know, we're all trying to help people really ultimately love themselves so that they can attract greater things in their lives. And thank goodness that, that they, that there are coaches like yourself out there who are, are doing the good work, who are not in that type of lifestyle of the fads and doing this program to lose this, that you're really, I feel like, I don't know. I'm just so, I'm just so happy to have met you, to know that there's somebody like you out there who's really doing this incredible work with women. And to that point, can, where can our listeners find you? The easiest way is via my website because all of my social is on there, which is wellwomencoaching.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And it's been an absolute delight. I'm so glad that we could connect like this Mm -hmm. and found each other in the most random place. And I know so fun to talk to you for the second time. I know, I know so much for having me. And yes, I feel like there's definite connection here. We certainly have the same philosophy. It's been awesome. Well, thank you again. And I hope that we'll connect again soon. I do too. Thank you. Okay. I, uh, I actually hit, uh, I, I looked at the time and I was like, oh my gosh, her and I, I mean, we really could talk forever and ever. So I really hope you were able to take some good little nuggets. I know I did, especially when it comes to, when we're going through transition and change like that, which she said really kind of stuck with me. So I hope that you're able to take some little bits and pieces from today's episode, but thank you so much for sticking around. And as a reminder, this uh, podcast is a passion project of mine. So it is supported by the agency. So theheartagency.com. We offer matchmaking, dating, coaching, singles events, uh, game shows, online workshops, all of the things. So if you are interested in working with me and letting me, allow me to come into your life to help you get out of your own way so that you can attract the partner that you solely deserve, come to my website, theheartagency.com and let's, let's have a chat, shall we? All right. If you are uh, brand new to Dear Matchmaker and you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would like and review it. Yes. Uh, and subscribe because if you subscribe, they pay attention. Apple and Spotify pay attention and they'll be able to push it out to more people. And I always love it when you do that. And if you are over on Instagram or Facebook, please come on, follow me. You know, I'm having some fun over there at Cat Cantrell. All right, my friend, thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. And remember, true love is waiting for you and I will see you next time.